Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Yes, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 173. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hope you're having a good one. Uh, we're doing good, because real quick, got to give a quick shout out to Rue and Longy from last week. Uh, the guys behind Gelatinous. It was awesome to talk to them. And we actually are keeping the guest train rolling this week. He comes to us from the Super Nintendo channel. He is Nick. Nick, how you doing, man? Doing all right. How are you guys? Man, I'm glad to uh, to have you on ever since I saw some of your videos, and we're going to get to that in one moment. But the first question, Nick, is I don't know if you are a drinker, but do you have any beer with you tonight? I do. Um, I grabbed some Oberon here. Okay. Um, nice. So That's it's, Bells, it's, right? Yeah, it's it's my little backup here. Um, Oktoberfest is just trickling in but um we got to finish up what's in the fridge first so i got my nice little uh, yeti koozie oh, and stuff nice. so <laughs> it's gonna stay cold all through yeah one thing i, I like knew it. uh brian was gonna be excited about nick uh nick's a bit of a he's a craft beer fan so he'll he definitely like uh, have stuff to tell us about the old chicago area and stuff like that so yeah i don't i don't drink as much as i do but like we we like going to breweries around here and um just chilling out you know, it, it's a good sign when they know who you are when you come in, despite how busy it is. So are you getting the old, uh, hey, the usual yet? Um, no, because like um, they rotate ah, a lot. Okay. So, um, you know, like depending on what season it is and everything, like they'll have different types of beers. And, but it's it's really fun because, yeah, when we pop in, like usually get pretty good service and stuff. So it's pretty good. Yeah, Chicago is uh, very similar to Philly and, and just Illinois compared to PA in the sense that a lot of breweries have popped up over there and a lot of ones have done some stuff that we're even seeing. So I'm kind of curious, like, what's your go-to or your favorite craft brewery over there in Chicago? Um, so it we kind of, like, rotate depending on, like, how we're feeling. But mm -hmm. um, one that we really like is uh, Temperance Brewing in um, Evanston, uh, Illinois. Um, they, they're just kind of a small little affair and everything. And they make, um, some, uh, good beers that we all enjoy. Um, they were our saving grace during the pandemic because they had a, uh, tailgating service where you could just buy Ooh. beer and then drink in the parking lot. Nice. So we were able to like still get out of the house and, you know, kind of, you know, still, you know, cause you get cooped up in the house and stuff. So, oh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. definitely like that was our, our saving grace. And, um, they make this, uh, a might meets right. It's like they're super like, um, heavy beers and stuff. Like they make like this, it's like a mint chocolate chip. It's, it's, Ooh. it's, Oh no, it's, it's, it's like a Mexican hot chocolate or something like that. Or mm. they have like a mint one and, like it's it's delicious, but it's very dangerous because it's really heavy. Very strong, right? So I think each can is like, um, you know, eleven percent or something. Oh shit! Like that. Yeah, I'm looking at their stuff right now, and it seems like they got a praline, a high west, and an orange chocolate. And yeah, yeah they're twelve point five to twelve point nine percent. So yeah, yeah. They, they change them <laughs> up every year. Um, I think like the the one that the chocolate one usually stays around. Um, that's kind of like their perennial one, nice. but they like to play around with the um thing so but yeah i mean like there's so many different breweries around us that we just enjoy we just uh really liked uh, sh uh 
it's it's called surefire i think and um mm. they make like this watermelon beer that um is is like hell of high watermelon but it's like super um uh it's it's uh yeah, it's sure shot brewing or sure is shot. it okay. no you know what hold on i'm it's short fuse brewing. That's what it's short called. Short fuse. Okay. Yeah. And so like they have like this nice, like it's a watermelon beer and it's, it's called like um, something kids or something like that. It's like this, it's just really interesting, like nice tasty watermelon beer, but it's not like too sweet, you know, where mm. you can't like, you only drink one of them or something like that. Like it's, um, but it's it's a lot of fun, like because now like we're, we've been able to like actually go out and like visit these places. So it's it's actually like nice to just get out and like try different um, breweries around the um, place here. Yeah, we were saying that one <clears throat> silver lining for beer, at least in PA, because of COVID was PA is notoriously one of the worst when it comes to shipping or receiving alcohol. Mm. And uh, all the breweries were willing to ship statewide now, whereas before none of them did that. So now, like for us, getting stuff from Pittsburgh is a possibility because they seem to be sticking with that. And that's how they supplement their sales. I actually didn't hear anyone do it the way yours did with that whole tailgating idea. That would have been pretty damn cool. That was like the only place that we knew that did it. And it was kind of like a little hidden gem because like mm. nobody really knew it. And we'd just go on a Saturday, you know, in the afternoon. And even if it was like cold too, like we, we kind of like designed, we bought our place right before the pandemic started. And mm. so like I went and I bought one of those, um, those propane uh, deck heaters. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so like, as long as it's like 50 or so it it's like it's pretty nice to just sit on the deck and like um, drink some beers just chill with some beers nice i like it now what about you chambers what you got with us tonight well i am drinking the dark hollow imperial stout comes to us from the blue mountain barrel house so they are out of uh arrington nelson county virginia so and it's really Jim, what, just what clearance rack did you get that off? I did not get off the clearance way too rack. Fancy for you. I did not get off the clearance <laughs> rack. This is another one my wife bought me when she was out that uh, tap house out in uh, St. Louis. So we made, no, you know what? We bought it when we were down in Bush Gardens, and this was another one that I was like, oh, I'll say this, and I was like, fuck this, I'm drinking this tonight. So, but yeah, I've been sitting on this for at least over a month or two at this point. But yeah, comes nice. in. Hey, it's really just an imperial stout in oak uh, bourbon barrels, ten percent alcohol, seventy IBUs. So. I don't even know what the price is, but this is a tasty boy. I'll say that right now. You can really smell like the smokiness coming through in the aroma. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, Nick mentioned it and I mentioned it last podcast. So I've already went out and started procuring as much of the uh, Oktoberfest style beers as I can. Cause I did kind of purge all of my old, I'd call it summer catalog, if you will. So uh, one, and I always screw up their name, the Weihenstaffener Fest beer, uh, it's you know the oldest brewery in the world their their version of the fest beer which mm. last year i grabbed every oktoberfest beer that i could that was local near me they didn't i didn't see this one last year doesn't mean it wasn't available just means i didn't see it so this is my first time actually having it and if you've ever had beer from them you know it's always damn good quality it's always solid and 
you know, they're made for, you know, Oktoberfest. So, yeah, it's pretty damn solid if you like Oktoberfest-style beers. Yeah, I love them. I mean, it's it's one of those um, – it's my favorite beer season. Um, mm-hmm. It's just something I go to. I like going around and – because, like, it, I don't really like IPAs because everybody has, like, IPAs, and it's just they're, they're too bitter. And um, yeah. But, like, when it comes with Oktoberfest, like, Oktoberfest is popular enough where almost every brewery tries to make one. So it's fun to kind of just like go around and um, do it. Like even old style makes one and it's actually really good. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's a style that I think is underappreciated because it's very easy to drink. It's not like going to knock you back with too much bullshit flavor. And yeah, I do associate it with like, it's fall, you're going out, you're doing things, especially if you go to events that have them. Like every time I've gone to a beer event, it was just happened to coincide with Oktoberfest. Um, actually, near us, one of the breweries, Evil Genius, and I tagged Jim in this, uh, they're pairing up with Annie Ann's to make like a Annie Ann's-style Oktoberfest beer. So I'm like, whatever, I'll try it. I love that more and more places are trying it because Jim and I talk about that all the time. We're tired of IPAs. It's like... Every brewery, it seems like if you open a brewery, if you don't have at least three or four IPAs on tap, then you don't know what you're doing. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, they're easy to make. They're, you know, it's like round year round. It's it's almost pretty difficult to mess it up, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like it's a really easy beer to just start out with. But that's kind of the problem, though, right? It's if you don't like it, you're pretty much done with beer. Like, there's no real places and stuff and like i'm glad that like a lot of other places have started to like branch out like i'm really big into like nitro brews and Mm -hmm. those are a lot of fun to try too yeah they're popping up a lot like i feel like that style sours are popping up a lot more um i'd say the hazy ipas took over but then we also saw a big influx of all the milkshake IPAs because I think you're starting to see more and more people not want to deal with the bitterness and yeah. they're trying to branch out. But at the end of the day, it's still an IPA. Yeah, there's a um, there's another place that we go to. It's called Elmhurst Brewing, and they made a, a coffee blonde ale. So it's got like hmm. the flavor of a coffee stout, but it's the lightness. It, it's as light as like a Pilsner or a lager so it's you know so you can actually like enjoy them <laughs> instead of like getting totally plastered and uh, you know having to drive home so yeah so is it exactly. like does it actually like taste right in your mouth or is it one of those things where it's like the uh the blonde stouts where you're like look at it and you're like you're tasting it it's like it tastes like a stout but it doesn't look right my my brain's like short-circuiting right now kind of but yeah it's 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 got like a really nice coffee flavor to it it's not it doesn't taste like a stout it tastes more like coffee so if you don't really like coffee then it's kind of not your thing but i like it because it's i like not too sweet and not too bitter so it it's kind of like right in the middle it's just kind of nice that and red ales are pretty nice irish red ales oh yeah yeah that's another good season right around there which once again it's a style nobody really talks about which seems unfortunate yeah there there was a ram brewing um they're like a chain around the u.s and stuff and they had um they had like a, a an irish red ale called rabbit punch and mm. i would get like a growler of it and then like because i would just stop on the way home because um they're right there in rosemont and then like rosemont made an ordinance or something like that where they wouldn't 
they weren't allowed to sell growlers anymore. And I was like, what? What the well, hell was is that? Was that the pandemic? Because that hit a lot of breweries by us. No, just... it it happened a while ago. But um, speaking of like pandemic thing, there was one place. It was called Twisted Hippo, and they you know they built out this really nice place, and they have really good food. And like their big thing too, like with the food, is that um, the tax and the tip are all included into the meal, so you don't have to tip or anything. So what you oh. see on the price is what what's on the menu is what you pay. So, um, you know, it's pretty nice. People are really happy there because like, they don't have to worry about getting stiffed on like, um, you know, tips or anything like that. And the place burned down and it's just, it was like really devastating. It wasn't even their fault too. It was like some, some shady apartment building, um, next door, like, uh, start caught on fire and then caused everything else to just like burn to the ground. Like whole, the whole building had to be leveled. That sucks. They're almost uh, ready to be um, opening back up again. So I'm excited to try them out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, like I said, it is a good season for Jim and I. I mean, <clears throat> we like we like the Oktoberfest. We even like the pumpkin beer stuff. We know that gets a ton of hate, too. It's weird because it's like, yeah, you can have ones that taste way too much. But if you have other ones, they it tastes like they don't put any pump at this at this stage we feel like if you just put cinnamon and nutmeg in a beer they're gonna call it pumpkin like there's nothing actually pumpkin related in most of the pumpkin beers yeah um the, yeah those are the ones that i can drink like maybe one of and then i'm like yeah you know what i'm, I'm good for the rest of the season because mm-hmm. it's just too sweet um the ones that are really fun are like the the chili pepper um mm-hmm spicy ones yeah spicy ones that almost taste like they don't quite taste like cinnamon or anything like that but like they're nice and like fiery and stuff it's yeah <laughs> yeah we uh we've tried we, we've mentioned a few spicy beers we've tried and one uh, um i don't know if you ever had the luck uh jim you, you can explain this the one. old ghost face killer made of made from habaneros basically and uh, no it was ghost peppers oh yeah that's right it was ghost peppers it was even better uh well not for me but yeah, we were drinking. Uh, we were drinking fucking Stella all night, and then Brian, Brian's randomly like, and this is early on the page when we weren't like you know really used to craft beers as much now either, and mixing and matching like that. So he's like, "Oh, let's try this really spicy beer I got." I was like, "Okay." So we just like split one. So I'm drinking half of it, and I'm running to the bathroom to throw up. I was like, "Jesus, goddamn!" Yeah, I I can't handle like too much spice where you can't um where you can't like taste anything. Yeah, but, this was not enjoyable. This was it was Yeah, it wasn't good. It, I mean, it was it, they didn't hide it. It was advertised as the spiciest beer ever made. I can't find it anymore. It was like $15 for a regular 12 ouncer. And um <laughs> to top it off, we were coming off of a marathon of trying out all different Super Nintendo fighting games and we were in the middle of playing Pit Fighter of all games, like the worst game ever on the Super <laughs> NES and Sure enough, uh, that's how we capped off that night with with that spicy beer that made Jim throw up. Ah, the good old days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Nick, I mean, obviously, you're being super Nick Nick Tendo. I guess my question for you is: uh, Have you? What do you play now? I mean, obviously, you have your page. You do your videos. And actually, before we get into that, sorry to cut you off, Brian, but we've been bad hosts. Nick, please tell us where everyone can find you. Oh, yep. (laughs) Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter. Uh, first of all, it's uh, SnickTendo, at SnickTendo. Um, somebody is squatting Super Nick Tendo 
and it's a dead account. So maybe once I get like a hundred thousand subscribers, I'll, pen, I'll pester uh, Twitter to give me that name. Um, but uh, and then you can find me on YouTube at Super Nintendo. Um, so if you just now, if you type in Super Nintendo, it'll take you right to me. Now I've I've managed to build enough SEO where it doesn't ask, "Do you mean Super Nintendo, nice. idiot?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, fine." So now, <laughs> like, yeah, I've, I've built up a good SEO presence. So now, if you if you do type in Super Nintendo on YouTube, it'll pull it up. Luke fucking Brian, the goddamn band of our existence. You type in, you start with "Drink a Beer," it just goes to the Luke Bryan song "Drink a Beer," and we're never going to top that. So. <laughs> as far as that search goes we're kind of screwed yeah i mean that's that's one thing too it's like i i've, I've managed to get the front page i have google also like all almost the entire front page is me um so that's good but some guy owns super nintendo.com and he won't let it go <laughs> uh, i messaged him and i was like hey like would you be willing to sell it and he's like no i use it all the time i was like no you don't like <laughs> i see it it's 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 like a dead domain like give it to me you haven't updated so. since 2013 give me the goddamn thing. yeah i was just like well maybe i'll just it. like squat it and like now they they prevented that stuff ever since like google got um uh snaked that one time you might get lucky. He might pull like a Konami and just let SilentHill.com slide. So maybe you can slide in there one day. I'll keep an eye on it. But yeah, like, I mean, at the same time, though, it's like having a, a snappy website name isn't as important as it used to be. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, just a website in general, I feel like anymore, it's tough enough to drive from Twitter to YouTube or this or that. It's, you know, if somebody's on the media and they want to see you on, that's that's it. Yeah. Going directly to websites is all but falling by the wayside. Yeah, I post my links on Reddit and everything, too, um, just to get, like, a good backlink score. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I I tried, like, I tried building a site a long time ago. I actually still pay for the domain. It's, like, supernintendo.net or something like that. And it, unfortunately, like, I just, I can't, I haven't been able to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear you. But it's funny because, you know, speaking of especially your YouTube, you know, I know Jim and I, we've been friends with you. Jim, I've said many times, is a Twitter guy. But I was really excited. I mean, one of the videos that really rung true to me that you released was the limited run <laughs> games <laughs> losing their way. That... I've, I've been bitching about them because I did the crazy super edition of castlevania the the castlevania edition thing and it took i don't know easily over a year and it was my first experience with limited run because jim had like gotten a bunch of very what i'd call random games off of them but he, he always got the the standard edition um and I was always like, that's an interesting concept. And, I, and you know, I always liked the idea. But your video, you know, summarizes, I think, all the issues with them really, really well. And I know we have an article that we're going to get to a little bit later, which you could say is on the same point. But I was kind of curious, like, watching that video, clearly you were such a big supporter of them. Um, did you have any heartburn when making that video? Like, uh, I've been supporting them for so long, but... I debated back and forth on that video. Yeah. That video has been like six to eight months in the making. Um, you know, I do. I follow price trends on video games. That's like my main draw for my channel. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I like to keep it like I like to switch it up a little bit. Like one of my breakthrough videos for that was Metal Jesus Rocks affecting retro video game prices. And mm-hmm. um, three years ago, I did a one on limited run and like how the prices would trend over time. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll do a follow up because people still watch that video and stuff. And, you know, it's still actually kind of an evergreen video when you think about it. But um, I was like, well, let's go. And the problem with limited run games, like the prices, like once they get up to like 150 to 200 dollars, that's where they stay forever. Like mm. they don't come down. There's no there's no volatility at all with them. Like and I started the video out like I was like, OK, let, let's follow price trends in video games. But like, how am I going to make it interesting? Because like all my other videos, I'm like, well, this is going down this is going up and like if i did like 25 limited run games they would just be it's up just buy it whenever you know it would be a really boring video so i was like well maybe i'll do it like where um limited run games are like blue chip uh the blue chip stocks of (laughs) video games or something where you buy them and they essentially just hold their value forever and stuff because it's like even if like you like Shantae, for example, is like crazy expensive and it was an open pre-order game. So like if you were smart back in the day, you could have bought like 30 copies and just like sat on them and just like Mm -hmm. every like two or three weeks, like just plop one up on eBay for $400 and just watch the cash just roll in. You know, it's like it's crazy. But as I was like going through it, I was like, you know, there's a lot of controversy around limited run games for the most part, like one they're they're very aggressive or at least they used to be on twitter um like um josh fairhurst is you know the founder um and like he used to be like super aggressive and like there was was a spicy boy for a bit you know (laughs) and like that's the thing is like for the most part like you can't say anything about limited run games without them like popping in or some of their fans like tagging them so it's kind of like you know like they're almost everywhere but uh, it's so I was like, well, let's kind of like look into that. And I was like, well, what kind of problems do I have personally of it? Because there's like there's a whole bunch of other limited run sucks videos out there. And like they pretty much like compile the complaints and grievances of everybody. And like they just kind of pull it in. And like the one thing that I've noticed is that the founders have been able to just like dismiss those videos as like just FUD um where they just kind of like oh you know this guy's just a hater or you know it's fake news it's just conspiracy theory like it's got a lot of half truths in there and stuff you can't really like listen to that like don't worry about it so like i was like okay well how do i make like an argument video that like they can't it's it's as objective as possible because yeah there's plenty of like superficial things that you can complain about with them like the shipping times the the game variety or something like that you know it's like bill and ted edition (laughs) collection you know just crappy games that they just put out you know there's like the poop slinger and the uh revenge of the bird king um controversies and stuff those are those are all subjective things that have been just tired up so i was like well here's the things that i have and like the main crux was it was that scott pilgrim versus the world was taking forever to get like even in that video like it had been like over 500 days since i got it um Mm -hmm. because it finally came in the mail and people are still waiting for that game because like and like on top of that 
because I ordered like a whole bunch of other stuff with that, like because of the Scott Pilgrim vinyl, that's what really held it up. I ordered $300 worth of stuff. So they take all your money up front and then they just sit on this stuff. So like the games that I had ordered, like they're sitting in the warehouse collecting dust and Mm -hmm. like, and they're just sitting there because they don't ship everything. You know, if you make the error of like buying it thing, but I was like, Cause the way I buy them is like, if I spend over a hundred dollars and I put it on PayPal, like I get six months, same as cash. So yeah. it's just easier for me to just like pay over time without occurring interest. So I was like, I'll just, you know, these are the ones that I want and I put them in there. And so that's what I, like, I started getting more and more upset as I like started writing the video. And so like in that video, you, you can, I think you can kind of see like that. I'm, I'm not necessarily like super angry, but I'm like, definitely disappointed in them because i didn't want to like i didn't want to roast them either um like specifically the owners like i didn't really want to personally attack them because like they've never had i've never had an issue with them Mm -hmm. um you know like i've reached out to josh in the past and like he's answered my questions about limited run um and i don't really have a problem with them so that was the one thing I was like, I want to make sure that I'm like as objective as possible and stuff. And like, I found like random tweets and all this other stuff. And then I was like, I filmed it and then I like reshot it and rewrote it. So like, that's one of the, that's the one episode where I think I put the most like rewrites into them. Cause most of the time, like I'll write an episode and I'll like tweak it a little bit and I'll like, I'm like, okay, that's good. And I'll just like, launch it and publish it and it works you know unless i have some camera issues or something i've never gone back like rewatched my video and it just been like that doesn't make any sense like i'll rework it and stuff but the backlash that i got on that was like insane um it, well, it was sorry to cut you off but like what do you call it? you're right about like the owners and stuff like that because they do take a lot of shit like doug just had to go private and he just recently went like look any limited run questions send it to the limited run account like I'm not answering business questions anymore on here. Like, he's got people doxing him and shit. And it's like, you can be pissed at the company, but, like, don't pull the stupid internet shit on him either. And that's, that's, yeah, that's, that was my main thing. I was like, I don't, I don't want to, like, send more hate towards them specifically. Because, like, Doug is one of the people, like, he, you know, before he, like, mentioned that, like, this is the last, like, all requests. Like, he was one who was, like, perpetually, like, online. Like, if you going like if you type in his name on youtube and stuff like you can kind of see him like comment on videos that are like trashing him Mm -hmm. and stuff so it's not necessarily like you know i don't condone any harassment or anything like that to him but like at the same time though it's like if you're gonna be that big of a high profile guy like you have to like you have to learn to let people just be angry at you and not (laughs) engage because like that's kind of the the mantra of video game nerds right it's like you tell people to calm down and like it just makes it 10 times worse um so it's kind of like you just have to like let it just burn itself out yeah yeah engaging with folks is always the worst but like you said it was just i didn't think in the video it's not that i don't i feel like you weren't taking a shot it wasn't cheap shots it was you know it was a good analysis of it and like you said it, it is amazing and I don't want to, you know, we could talk about each one of your videos at length, but I mean that, yeah, going over the value of games and how YouTubers like you hit metal Jesus, 
you know, I think the the first one I ever noticed making an impact was AVGN. And, you know, you look at some of these price chartings and effects YouTubers or whatever has. It is interesting. And I do like that you pointed out that price point of, like, once they hit a certain threshold, it's no coming back down. Like, it's like, yeah, if they're in the 30s, 50s, maybe they'll sink again. But, yeah, when it hits that couple hundred, 200 especially, yeah, good luck with that ever again. Yeah, it's it that's kind of the crazy thing with prices in general it's 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 really interesting to see like what will um hit and then like what what will come back down and crash um and most of the time yeah like little samson you're never gonna see for under a thousand dollars again i you know i would i would wager you know money on that earthbound you might see come down a little bit lower um but even after now it's like Game prices right now are now into the point where collectors like, you know, I'm going to make a video on it eventually, but like I were just speculating without any research whatsoever. Just like what I've seen is like, you know, putting on the tinfoil hat, it's these, you know, with the WADA game thing, like there are now collectors who used to collect baseball cards. They used to collect um, comic books. They used to collect anything that like used to be just like superficial and now babies (laughs) yeah like anything that like is yeah like that you can't really like you put a thing on it and like they'll go in they'll be like okay like um i'm gonna collect like um shantae for example like shantae the series you know it's it's one of those series that got like popular and now everything that shantae that Shantae is just crazy high expensive Atlas games. Like those are crazy high expensive. It doesn't matter the quality of the game, um, you know, and like that back catalog is just like crazy high, um, you know, like the working design, um, their horror genre is getting, you know, crazy too. Like there's a whole bunch of games now that like people are taking a look at Moby games and like any of these other like catalog things and being like, okay um this game is expensive like taito like the taito like little samson is expensive why is it expensive oh well it's got the taito logo in the back here okay well now all taito late cartoon games are now expensive like the um that jetsons game never used mm-hmm. to be that expensive it was like around a hundred dollars for a long time it was kind of pricey but then like it just like shot up because it was like that halo effect now so you know we're gonna probably see eventually like um variants um get like crazy um because it's like you know there's there's a copy of final fantasy 7 that has like a, a misprint on the back of it um it's like a misspelling or something like that so we might see like that specific variant go high but like beforehand like variants and like the five screws like some of the five screws are more expensive but like that stuff like didn't really matter unless like you you personally like wanted to do that like the price Mm -hmm. difference wasn't that significant to make it a difference but now like we've gotten to the point where it's like these collectors now only care about the aesthetic of it because now you have wada where it's which is pretty much just grading a piece of plastic you're not Mm -hmm. you're not basing it off of like the historical significance of the game or whether or not the game is good 
it's just going to be expensive. So mm -hmm. as you're making these uh, retronomics videos, are you ever like going through the price charting and checking eBay and being like, you know what, let me just snag this right now while I'm here, and then like I've, doing a little future proofing for yourself? You falling down I've that thought of bed? it. Um, I so that's kind of the thing right now is like because I've made retronomics videos, I don't necessarily buy video games anymore like just based off of like because once you start like looking into like what this stuff actually costs and like how much you're spending on it and like the your backlog and stuff you're like ah i'll just leave it because like that was one thing that when i was doing the playstation 3 video uh the playstation 3 prices were just like cracking off like they were just like really like they were reaching the apex like i i had caught it like right before it like crested and i was like i could probably sell i, I could sell five playstation 3 games for 1200 dollars and like finally buy little samson and i was like okay like because africa and like i had folklore 3d dot games heroes and mm -hmm. um all these other games that were just like expensive just for no reason other than that they were you know, I, I think I had some PlayStation games too to add it out, like um, Parasite Eve 1 and 2 mm. that I got like for $10 like forever ago. But I was like, oh, I, you know, and then I just, I couldn't, I couldn't manage to like, uh, I couldn't manage to like just sell them. Like I couldn't part with them. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Same. that's, that's one thing I was like, mm, I should probably buy this before it pops off. But then again, I was like, I, I don't want to buy because I'm, I'm speculating on value. And like, that's one trap that I used to get into a lot. Like I would see on game, our game collecting on Reddit and like, I would buy this game. I was like, Oh, I gotta buy this game like real quick and stuff, you know? And then I'd be like, I get it in the mail. And I was like, yes, I got it. And then it would just go on my shelf and like, I would never play it. And I was like, mm -hmm. it's kind of a waste of money. I'm like, you look at it at your shelf and you're like, man, that's all this money that I could have spent on something else. So you're preaching in a choir with Jim. <laughs> I even told him in his video. So I got lucky with like Shantae because I was like, you know, people fucking obsess about Shantae. I'm just going to buy these while they're here. I don't even like the games. And luckily for me, like that worked out. But then, as you mentioned, with Katamari Damacy on the Switch, when they were saying, oh, it's going to be a limited run. I was like, oh, shit, I better get this now. So you couldn't find him anywhere. I paid like 70 bucks on Amazon to get it. And then a week later, they're like, oh, just kidding. We, we printed more, and it went down to 10 bucks. I was like, well, fuck me. <laughs> I, I took a gamble on Poop Slinger, though. I, I bought Poop Slinger, because like, people were like, oh, it's a scam. I was like, well, it's PayPal. So like, if it turns out, like it'll be – I can get my money back. So I bought one copy, and it showed up. And I was like, oh, cool. Then I sold it for like $400 because I was like, these guys – it's limited run like limited run is playing this game like there's no way because it's like though it all the like things were there like doug had retweeted it and been like oh i wonder what this is i was like sure you're in on it like you know like yeah. it's one of your employees it's somebody there and i was like well the minimum print order for these games is like five thousand. like you can't just like you can't just print 80 80 copies like there there are more copies available so it's like well it'll be just like Revenge of the Bird King, they're going to show up at their store. They're going to show up at the con and all the thing, and they haven't yet. And, like, now, like, a copy's going for, like, $4,000. I was like, 
I wish I would have like <laughs> sold it later. <laughs> but then again, like I have like the worst luck when it comes to selling stuff and like betting on things. So like if I had if I had held on to it, then yeah, like it would have been re-release and the thing would have been like twenty dollars or something stupid. Um, you know, like I you know, I slept on Bitcoin, I slept on GameStop, like, you know, yeah. I all these things. I was like, it's never gonna take off, and then now it's the thing. But all the other stuff that I did buy into it's worthless so <laughs> so you're welcome <laughs> well i mean nick you you said something see i i've definitely never fed into that idea of like i don't want to try you're trying to treat video games like a stock essentially like and some of these people buy into value like that and yeah collectibles like if baseball cards pogs beanie babies all those things have ever taught us something there will be a point when people just they don't care anymore. And not to say that people won't always collect and things won't have value, but like yeah, like poop slinger, it will be a weirdly sought after thing, but that is a is showcase gonna, piece, sir. Add, is it gonna add any value to you unless you're trying to do it for value? Like <clears throat> pay the four dollars it's available digitally. If you need a physical copy of Poop Slinger do you really need a physical copy of Poop Slinger other than the bragging rights? Yeah, and like that's kind of the thing that I've I've never specifically bought a game because I was going to sell it later. Um, that's I, that's something that I don't do. Um, you know, like yeah, me like investigating the prices and stuff. It would be very easy for me to like see trends and like just scoop everything up and then just like flip it at a later time. Um, but it's it's a lot of work that goes into it and you know my time is valuable and i just i can't mm -hmm. i've i've done the flipping before like i used to do um you know go to thrift shops and back when uh guitar hero controllers were were like 50 to 60 dollars a piece like i would just go to goodwill i'd find like five or six um guitar hero controllers clean them up really nice make sure that they're i can't i became really good at guitar hero uh, because I needed to <laughs> test the controllers. Um, and like I would sell them and like I'd make money. But like at the end of the day, like your time and the amount of hassle that goes into like reselling this stuff, because you, you have to offer a guarantee. You have to make sure that it's clean. You can always get ripped off and all this stuff. And eventually I just like decided that it wasn't it wasn't worth the effort because I think all right, Nick, so <clears throat> I knew you had a little technical difficulty, but here's one thing I, I did have a question for you. So we recently did a review. Uh, it was actually a Patreon request for us. And <laughs> somebody is hoarding 2,700 copies of Sneak King, the Burger King game. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so here's my question. Do you think – I feel like the same way we've seen – I want to call it artificial inflation – do you think there are people who are eyeballing like cheap games now and purposefully hoarding them with the hopes that they just take off or trying to purposely like kind of set the price or market on those? So kind of um, it's it's really hard to prove like that's kind of the problem of it is like, it you know, that plausible deniability of it. Um, however, um, it is possible to like manipulate the market but it takes like a one you need a lot of capital to do it like and mm. the payoff of doing it 
isn't necessarily worth it, at least in my opinion. Like, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe you're really obsessed with keeping the price inflated. I know that when the uh, Frame Meisters started to go down after the RetroTink 4 came out, mm-hmm. um, people were trying to offload them. And, like, there were people who, like, would message the sellers and stuff and be like, no. Or they would buy it and then reflip it to make sure that the, the value stayed high. Um, that's like an example of it, but now like retro tinks, I mean, like you can't, you can't keep it like that forever. Like you, I I think you can like temporarily like corner the market of it, but unless you're like, um, a store or something like that. And I guess like, um, DK oldies, I don't know if you, you're familiar with that store. They're actually local to us. They're only like two hours away, something like that. So they're like notorious for like having like stupid high prices on their, <laughs> on their thing. And like, so I was talking with a uh, game trade Greg and he, he owns a store up in um, near green Bay, Wisconsin. And he was talking on his podcast. He's like, he's like, they have like an algorithm, like a little sniffer bot that goes in and makes sh- like, will scoop up prices. Like if you put like, Mike Tyson's punch out or whatever for like $5 less than what price charting has it for. Like apparently his store scoops it up yeah, um, and then like puts it up onto their store. Like I, you know, like, it, it's, 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 it's a hearsay kind of thing, you know, like I can't like confirm or deny it, but like it's, it that if you really wanted to like manipulate the prices like that, but the problem is, is that, these retro video games like they're i think there's like a limit on to like how much you can actually like go for it now i don't think Mm -hmm. that you could like buy all of the mike tyson's punch outs on ebay like if you were to buy them all out there's no way that you could possibly like get 150 dollars for a loose cartridge at least I like I, I, yeah. I there's there's like a there's a max of it. Like I think maybe like you can probably double the price or something like that, make them go for fifty dollars a piece or something like that. But eventually like there's a limit for people like that wanna actually like buy it and stuff, you know, like I I have a Raspberry Pi, like I mean I have I have the Mister and stuff. Like it at at a point there becomes like a thing is like is this game really really worth the price to have it on your shelf and like i think a lot of people are now finding like that no it's not mm-hmm. worth like buying the physical thing like you know nintendo switch online has like the mr dream i think right yeah yeah punch out with mr dream for a lot of people that's fine like and that's like one of the reasons why like you know like that's that's why like prices were kind of artificially inflated in the first place because people were like you know casual people were like oh, i remember my nintendo and stuff as a kid like i want to buy nintendo stuff and they would buy it and mm-hmm. then they'd be like oh, okay um <laughs> and then they would just go and sell it like uh when i worked at a video game store i worked at a video game store here in chicago and the 99 percent of the people who came in were just people who came in off the street they would see all of the games and the thing they would come in they would look around they'd be like oh i remember mario kart and they'd be like 
let's buy a Nintendo 64 right now. We, I want to play Mario Kart 64. Like they have like that desire to just like play it and like they would just impulse buy it. And then two weeks, maybe a month later or something, they would come back and they'd sell it back to the store. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I, like I said, I was just curious because uh, <clears throat> I mentioned that was one of our Patreon reviews, but it, I saw that little factoid and I went, that's interesting. Somebody would hoard 2,700. And the guy is a, he's like a pro wrestler. He, he's like, I just love the way it looks. He's like, and I think it's a goofy thing that to have like the largest collection of Sneak King because it is a dirt cheap. It's like a, still a $5 game. So you're like, okay, that that's a case where I don't think that he's actually trying to inflate price. I think it's just a goofy thing he's trying to do. Well, and that's the thing too, is like um, you want to look at like how that's effective. Like you just go to um, there used to be a person who went and tried to buy like all of the shack foods. Um, yeah, it's called shackfood.com. Like they're oh, no, yeah. it looks like they're no longer um, around or something like that. But like basically like their whole goal was to buy every single copy of Shaq Fu. And I mean, they had like a fridge full of them. Like they just crazy. And like for the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo, like they're not. Oh, man, the new prices Shaq Fu is $250. I got one for 13 bucks. Um, oh. Yeah, like <laughs> Like Jesus. I still have it. I still have it sealed. Like because it came with the it came with the rap CD. Like the new one. Like the the sealed one comes with the rap CD, and it was like only thirteen dollars. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll spend thirteen bucks on a Shaq Fu sealed copy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, ultimately, like it depends on the game, I guess. Like you can't. I don't think you can force people to buy your copy of Shaq Fu for a hundred dollars. Like I don't. It's, you, just, you just need a YouTuber out there to make a game to be his like meme <laughs> game, like what uh, Scott the Waz did with Chibi Robo. Oh yeah, that Chibi Robo sucks so bad. <laughs> I hate that game. Like Dude, I, I've owned I, it for eight years and I still haven't even touched it. I was like, I don't want to be a robot who does chores. I was like, okay. Yeah, I was like, eventually. oh, this this sounds it looks cute and stuff like that. And yeah, it's like go do clean up stuff. I was like, this is what I was gonna play it, and then I was like, I was like, how long to beat? I was like, all right, let's see how long this will take me. It's like twenty hours. I was like, fuck that! I'm not playing Chibi Robo for twenty hours. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like you know, and then that goes to show you like how old we are now, because like you know, Scott the Waz was like eight when he played it, yep, mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm very aware of how old I'm getting. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, he really liked Madden. What did he think of Madden '95 when it came out? And he's like, he wasn't even born yet. And I was like, yeah. oh. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> but Chambers, I uh, I did also bring that up because I want to see uh, what questions we got this week from our awesome patrons. Yes, with us. Patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question and we'll answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. So first up from Game Whisper Dean, have you noticed the trend of people getting back into collecting VHS tapes? What are your thoughts? <laughs> Does it go hand in hand with... Typical game collector mentality, CRTs, etc. Yeah, I, I mean, I can speak to this at least. <clears throat> Nick, you mentioned the horror thing with video games, but I know especially in the horror community, collecting VHS tapes, I'm guilty of it. I have some back there. I just always loved the heart artwork, and I still had a bunch from when I was a kid. Um, I don't buy the VHS tapes to watch the VHS. Even though I have, I still have a VHS player, like... 
I do it, honestly. It is a shelf-collecting thing. It's 99 cents when I'm at Goodwill. I don't think anything more of it. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll get another cover of it. Um, that is a thing I'm noticing more and more. But I, I look at it the same way I look at collectors for anything. I think most people get it anymore just to have the post on Instagram or Twitter or the clout picture, as I call it. Like, to be standing in front of a big pile of something you've collected, it's just there. I know, like, like I, you know, the argument you can make with vinyls versus CDs or digital music, I don't think you can make that same argument with VHS. The quality is not going to be better, even on older TVs. Um, the I think price it's just, and experience. <laughs> oh, it is when you got to rewind it and the, the tape gets caught and you got to undo the back and pull the tape. And yes, manually. we've all broken our dad's porno, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> just, but, just like uh, cassette decks and everything like that, too. Yeah. Yeah, mm. exactly. So <clears throat> I think it's just a weird little thing. I would put it the same way as what you were saying, Nick, with collectors of video games. It's nostalgic for people our age who grew up with them. They see them in, in Goodwills or stores and they're like, oh, yeah, I used to have that and just buy it. I also think like it's it's because they're cheap. Um, and that's one thing, too, is like one of the reasons why retro video games like collecting like kicked off like um you know, I was thinking back, like, why I really started collecting in the first place, because, like, in the late 90s and early aughts and stuff, I emulated, like, I, you know, I had my modded Xbox, like, jack full of, like, random games and everything, I emulated like crazy, there was no reason for me to, to do it, and then, like, eventually, like, it came to the point where people were, like, it's better to, like, one, it's, it's more accurate, um at the time it was more accurate um and it was cheap like why wouldn't you could just buy a handful of games and so like when you have like that low price point it becomes like fun to like collect like to actually like add them to your collection and stuff Mm -hmm. and like you know i remember like the most expensive game that i bought at the time was mega man the first mega man because i wanted all six mega mans and I spent $20 on the first <laughs> Mega Man. And I thought that was outrageous. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was like, oh, $20. Like, this is ridiculous. Like even like little Samson was like 35 bucks back then. And I was like $35 for a Nintendo game. Like, are you crazy? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, so I, I just, I never saw little Samson. Like I always wanted to like catch it in a, because at the time too, like video stores were closing. So you could buy like, a box like your almost their entire inventory for five hundred dollars and like you know pretty much beef up your collection and so like that's what i think is like you're seeing a lot of people who collect just to have stuff go to vhs because like yeah like it's nostalgic it's pretty nice to you know have that you know piece of you know your childhood when you went to a video store and like you picked a a video based off of like what the cover looked like you didn't really know what was on it Mm -hmm. like i've been collecting laser discs and those are fun because like they're record size artwork of movies that i enjoy and sometimes like um the half price books that i has it's in in like a an asian um neighborhood and so like some of this stuff is like they're they're asian movies and stuff like i have like a lot of criterion collection movies 
that I found at half price books for like two bucks a piece. And then like, then you find like some random like B movie that that's in like Cantonese or something like that. It's it's kind of, I was like, oh, this this looks it's like there's one. It was like <laughs> this woman felt fallen falls in love with a TV or something like that. It's just like a weird movie. I was like, oh, I'll pick it up for two bucks. Like, why not? So I think like that's one of the main draws of VHS collecting in general is that it's cheap. Like it's, you know, that's kind of like when people go like, Oh, like a big price out of collecting. It's like, well, why are you collecting? Are you just collecting because it's fun to like take like a whole armful of games off of a shelf and like only spend 20 bucks on it? Like, Mm -hmm. or are you buying them just because like the game is fun? Or are you convincing him that the game is supposed to be fun? You know, <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> That's I've all Jim does when he buys games. <laughs> That's all Jim's whole collection. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, <clears throat> excuse me, answer his question. Yeah, I mean, eventually you get priced out of something, and it's it's fun to collect shit or to be like, oh, I've been looking for this, and you find it for a buck. Like that's an endorphin rush. It's tough to replicate. So, you yeah. know, it makes it fun when you move from one cheap thing to another. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, I don't have anything against like people who collect VHS. You know, like for me, like I don't know, like there has to be like a limit. For like I, I, I don't that's like I I sympathize with people who you know feel like that they got priced out of stuff, but I don't necessarily feel bad when they actually like pay the price to do it and then they complain about it. It's one like no one's no one has a gun to your head to say that you must have this to like live or anything you know it's not like housing or or cars or anything else that like or gas or something like that that you need to like function in society but you know also it's like you're contributing to that high price by paying that amount like you you know like that's that's how it works like price trading they look at sold listings like you know so if you're spending 50 to 60 dollars over what it would normally go like that becomes like the new you're part of the problem yeah so no nick it's the fucking youtubers like you who ruin it so i can't buy a little <laughs> samson off a of grandma for 10 bucks and then sell for a thousand oh yeah that's, like, that, that's the other thing yeah every time that we we'd post on uh game collecting and there used to be a guy who got really really upset because he's like you find all this stuff at the thrift store and I don't find anything like, how dare you? You don't even need that stuff. You, you do it for trade bait. Like, why wouldn't you? I was like, you got career flippers who just hang out at Goodwill all day. Like, Mm. so if I didn't get it for my own personal collection or trading and stuff, like it it would be gone and on eBay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So next up from gamer astral thoughts on the lady decade debacle. Woo. That's one accurate way to put it. So, for those of you out there who don't know or didn't follow all of it as it was going down, uh, we're recording on the 16th, uh, about a week ago, Lady Decade put up a video because Top Hat's channel, I mean, their husband and wife, you know, they both are full-time YouTubers, he got a copyright strike on a video, and he couldn't, you know, upload for, until he addressed it, that kind of deal, and she put up a video where she's basically, you know, she's, I mean, let's put it to the chase, she's crying the entire time, saying, you know, they, they don't have the kind of money on them while they're sitting in front of a giant pile of games behind them that are worth thousands of dollars. And, you know, showing off pictures of their kids and putting the crying woman on the screen when it's not even her channel that got affected. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a whole goddamn thing, and that just sparked a whole thing across the whole like retro Twitterverse and stuff like that. So, Brian so is Jim, the least internet-y person here. But but I will say, I did because, you know, I, I did see that, and I, it, it made me curious. Like, I, I am a, a creature of, like, hey, I see something, it's, call it uh, drama. I, I will click on the video, like, just what is going on? And without knowing the background, the one thing I got fascinated by is the claim is they're being contacted by somebody and i don't know who it is they used a photo of someone in a video and now he's like like she's making it sound like he's harassing them or basically but i'm like can't you just take down that one video and it all goes away well so yeah i mean if you want to go i mean i was gonna say yeah it was a picture of uh ray harryhausen that they took from a guy who did a professional video or a picture that's part of getty images now that was used in the new york post and they just took it off the new york times article or whatever yeah yeah like they uh, there's i mean based off of like i've been following it for quite a bit and like it's there's a lot of things that eventually came out about it like i i again it's kind of just like you know it is what it is but apparently like they knew who this guy was before they used that image um so it's they the issue kind of like comes out like when it first came out like it it really did seem like that they got hit by like a copyright troll like somebody who just like made a fake account to hit somebody with the dmca takedown like Mm. and then or or at least like based off of like when i saw it like kind of popping up on twitter i thought somebody like hacked their account or something like that and like locked them out unless they paid you know like an extortion fee or something like that because i was like you know, because they were like, oh, we need 500. They want $500. I was like, well, that that's really bad. Like if it's thing. But then it came out that it was like a copyright strike. And it's like, that's kind of a tough one. Like you, the, the just the ultimate like problem with copyright in general. It's like everybody who's a gaming YouTuber were, were essentially running on borrowed, borrowed time um, yeah. when it comes <laughs> to copyright. Um you use game footage um game footage technically doesn't necessarily fall under fair use um but game developers kind of just like let it go because they know that it's the sale or something like but if you start using um content from people who do not mess around with uh copyright like music or um you know these images and stuff like you better be prepared to either take the hit and you know take down the video or something like that or um you know pay for that content or just don't use it at all because um that's i i saw that stuff unfold and i was like yeah the guy's kind of really petty when he comes down to it Mm -hmm. because it's like first of all like i i don't even know how they how he found the the photo like that that that's my question too i like i don't I know think, if you can run photos through youtube's I, content id i think he's kind of like i think he is kind of a copyright troll or at the very least extremely protective of all of his works so I, he probably has something where because apparently he's gone after a ton of people before for abusing his photos and videos and random shit so i guess he is kind of like falls under that even though he might be a little bit more in the professional side so maybe he's got something in place or I don't know. Or maybe they I, just tagged like said, Ray Harryhausen in, like, you know, the tags for a YouTube video. 
and he just put that into thing and it popped up and he was searching for it who knows That's but like possible. i said here here's my deal is i i you know whatever the guy's a troll he has the right to to whatever what i couldn't get from their video is like they feel like they have no outing i'm like can't you just take that one video down like why is it any more difficult than that yeah and like that's kind of the thing is like we you know it's it's ambiguous right so it's it's it that's one of the things that um you know this guy like eventually like locked his account so he didn't really like make a uh, a status of it you know like or any clarification of like exactly like why he did it um you know for all we know like he could be just like i want the fee because you used it like it doesn't matter if you take it down or not you right. still used it you owe me $500 like that could be very well his his mentality of it like if we you know share it mm. or something like that will will he come after us and just like not let go I, you know like but then again i think if you do delete the video I, it it does remove the copyright strike i'm not for sure and i'm not yeah i think so i think your options when it comes to that and this is something like i know like they were very smart in their video like they didn't outright ask for money they did like we're saying but you know they kept saying they couldn't afford it but they were asking for advice too and as far as i the rules are probably different in the uk but at least in america if you get hit with the dmca strike you can either accept it and you know just deal with that or you could have paid them off and sent them away or you could have just disputed it and been like, no, this falls under fair use. This is why, blah, 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 blah. Like, say what you will about H3 these days, but he has a great video from a couple years ago, basically with, like, the template of what to write in there to send back to YouTube and shit like that. So, like, at that point, it's on the copyright striker to be like, okay, I'm going to sue you now then. Like, that's mm. basically the thing. So they could have, you know, called his bluff, too. And be like, all right, fine, sue us. Sue us for 500 bucks or whatever. I think he would sue him. Um, to be honest with you, like, like that, that's would. what he sounds like. I mean, that's that's ultimately like, you know, as much as I, you know, I, you use like game footage and stuff for illustrative purposes. You, you use like random photos that you find online. Oh yeah, we all live like, and die by fair use. Well, yeah, it's like it's yeah. like whatever. But like, I mean, that's kind of the thing though. Is like you do run that risk, and um, you know, at the same point, like I think I would be you know, I create my work and everything. And like, I've had people back in when, like when I was starting up, like I had like ideas for videos and people would straight up, like just rip off that exact format of the video to the point where it's like, you know, like I understand like what, what it means to have your work like stolen, even though it, it, you know, YouTubers oh, yeah. might not see it that way in a sense of like, you know, we're all this like commune where we share everything, but like, that that video specifically like it really caused some problems because like there was there's a whole bunch of stuff that one like let's face facts here like top hat and lady decade like they're notorious like they they definitely like to push buttons they live on controversy like they're not oh, yeah. necessarily like nice people quote unquote um i'm pretty sure like that they're you know these guys play a persona like you know, um, I mean, their favorite head, thing to do is to put comments up and to talk about, like, you know, how badass they are and smart they are, respond to them and stuff like that. Yeah. And like they'll make like tweets and stuff like that that designed to push buttons and stuff like one of Top Hat Gaming's like one one of his most popular videos is saying how much better the 
the Super Famicom looks to the Super Nintendo, you know, right. like it's it's a controversial opinion. Like the guy, both of them are controversial people. Like that's how they built their channel and stuff. Like they're no strangers to controversy. Yeah. So like that's kind of the thing is like when and they their credit, it's worked. Well, yeah, like, I mean, respect for them to be able to, like, weather the storm of, like, hateful comments that come their way because, like, they make, like, these obviously bad takes and stuff to boost the engagement on their channel. But that that's what, like, really, like, started people to dig, though, because when she came out with that, like, Top Hat Gaming Man um, last year did a similar Patreon video, like, you know, he did like a, I'm sad. Like, I can't, I can't teach anymore. Like this is, you know, you know, like a call to action and stuff. And he was like, by the way, I have like a little Patreon down below. And, you know, he got like a bunch of Patreon dollars out of it, you know, like, and you know, if people want to pay, that's fine. Like, I don't have any, but I don't have any qualms against people with Patreon dollars and stuff, but yeah, you know, so like when, lady decade they she did that whole thing and you know people felt sorry for her and boosted her patreon but you know people went digging and they found that like she had posted like two weeks prior saying that hey like i'm gonna make a video about people coming to my patreon and stuff and i need an idea of like how to um you know get people to like do the patreon without actually like saying that i have a patreon <laughs> um so i mean it's kind of like perfect timing right and they also bought like a brand new house and like mm -hmm. um in the uk Big. like energy prices are just like obscene um so like and they just got back from like a trip from greece and stuff they, they, they go on mobile vacations a year and stuff like that yeah so, so, like, so like at the very least like at the front forefront it's just bad optics when like Part of your gimmick is th throwing off how you live the better life and enjoy the finer things in life, and then you're crying over 500 bucks, which, hey, I would hate to get a thing for 500 bucks. Oh, suck. yeah, it would suck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, if my car broke down tomorrow and stuff like that, I would, you know, knock on wood, but, like... Oh, I'm picking mine know, up tomorrow. Two fucking grand. Like, yeah, yeah. it sucks. It fucking sucks <laughs> cock, but, you know, yeah. like, no one wants to see that. But yeah, it's still just, like, when this is your persona... Ugh. Yeah, I, I just can't get over what you guys both point out is <clears throat> there's an element of they purposefully troll. I mean, her whole thing is like purposefully trying to feed the trolls of like holding a controller upside down in the picture. Like, oh, I'm playing this Xbox. Oh, and yeah. And I know a ton of people who hate those pictures. And I'm just kind of like, all right, it's, it's kind of funny. Whatever. No, but 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 I'm saying <laughs> you're, you're living off of controversy. So when I saw the crying video, I actually first thought like they're just still playing this game. So part of me was like, is it even real? <clears throat> Whatever it is, you know, the copyright shit, as you said, Nick, we're all on borrowed time with that shit. At some point, even video game footage, yeah, could, you know, if like when Nintendo was being the biggest dicks in the world, and they pretty much still are, they, in theory, can any, any developer could do that. And all of us would be in trouble because... Even if we record it ourselves, it doesn't matter. It's not ours. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I really wanted to drive home with people because, like, everybody's focused on whether or not, like, Lady Decade and them, like, deserve the money. But, like, no one's talking about, like, this particular, like, because everybody's pretty ignorant about fair use when it comes down to it, right? They're, they're constantly, well, you know, it, it's fair use. So I was like, fair use, like, you can point to the H3, H3, matt haas controversy and everything but everybody kind of omits the fact that they spent like a half a million dollars fighting that in court 
Yeah. Um, and that's that's what you will have to do if you really when it really comes down to fighting for fair use, you will have to pay for it. Like it's not it's not a a a, a cut and dry criteria thing. Like you have to argue for it. And if you aren't prepared to go to court for it, like that, that's what you should be, you know, thing like there's nothing stopping um, a conglomerate or even like this, this random photographer to um, come in and like really just mess your channel up. Um, you know, I don't know if these guys even have like limited liability um, as far as like their company, like, cause that's the thing too, is like, these guys, they act like they're personal YouTubers, like that the channel is tied directly to them. Like, I, if I get to a big enough spot, like I'm creating an LLC for my channel because if I yeah. get sued for something, like I go bankrupt, I could lose my house. Um, that's very serious and stuff. And people should be taking this seriously. Um, you know, like it's, it's one thing to just be like, well, it's fair use on Twitter. But like when it comes down to it, like it'll cost you some money and I, no one's everyone's kind of being ignorant about that and well even fucking scary. like what do you call it even nostalgia critic like what was it like five years ago when he did his where's the fair use movement because all the major film companies started coming after his channel because for the longest time he would just basically upload clips of movies and talk about them until he eventually like he made this movement but even he realized oh shit i'm not gonna win this so now all of his videos are just him reenacting movies and stuff like you can claim fair use all you want, but at the end of the day, like you're not going to beat a mega corporation, and that's yeah. why you that's why YouTube has its copyright system. Like it's not a great system, but it's YouTube going. You know what? You deal with the creator. Creators, you know, you're on notice. You deal with it because, like, if YouTube tried to defend everyone, then there would be no YouTube. Yeah, and like that, that's kind of a, it's a clear cut in case with this particular thing. I mean, like people, you know, will probably argue in the comments about like whether or not that picture, you know, because it's like, oh, it was only up for four seconds. I'm like, it doesn't matter what the time frame is. Like, there's a lot of ignorant um, stuff about like using mu music or something like that. Oh, if it's only under a couple of seconds, no, like it, it doesn't matter if it's like one second or the full song or anything like that. Like, yep. people can still come after you. So like that, that's what like is really important of it. Like, I think, um, you know, one YouTuber, he used like a, a song lyric in the intro of his song a thing. And like, he eventually got copyright claimed for like almost his entire back catalog because he used that like one little sound bite or something, you know, because it's not transformative enough where you can, you know, get away with it. And yeah. that's, you, you, it, it, it's a lot more than just claiming, you know, it's back in the old days when people would re upload like full movies on YouTube <laughs> back in the day where it was like full wild west and they would just put, uh, no copyright infringement intended or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can't, you can put it there, but like, it's not, um, that's not going to cover your ass if like they decide to like actually sue you. Ah, the good old days of getting high with your buddies and putting on Soul Plane Part 1 of 15 and just sitting there through the whole thing, <laughs> which we did uh, do before. I, yeah, I just, but yeah, like, I don't know, like, at the same time, like, I feel a little bit bad for them, but also, like, they're big enough where they know what they're doing. Um, you know, these guys aren't small channels by any means. Um, you know, Top Hat has over 100,000 subscribers. 
uh i don't even know how many lady decade has she's hitting like she's like close to 70 and she said that within two years and then yeah. she's she's been on twitter before going off about like you know she's de- like you know people yeah, are saying 80, it's just because i'm a woman but uh eighty thousand, damn but yeah what mm. she's saying you know like oh people say it's just because i'm a woman but you know i've been working on top hats channel this entire time too so i know the game it's like if you know the game, then you should know this too. So, yeah, also- and so like that's kind of the thing. I mean, they're husband and wife duo, so it's like, and like, um, you know, her husband's like, you know, they both work together and stuff, you know, on this stuff, and like, right. they constantly like, you know, you can admire them too, like specifically about like how much they've like cracked the algorithm to just like bank content and just have yeah. it pump out like just honor thing you know like they released a video a 14 minute video on four days ago and then now just seven hours ago another 12 minute video um yeah it's like every week like with content and stuff. yeah they put the work in Lamp. so like that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing like you can appreciate the hustle on it um you know specifically um you know like the whole haters gonna hate type thing you know like at the same time like i you know i wish that i could have that much dedication to you know making these videos and stuff but like at the same time though i I can't live with myself if i'm like constantly pissing people off on twitter (laughs) yeah (laughs) no hey you know what cheers to them you know good luck with that i think they'll be fine at the end of the day but i think they're already back uploading like they probably just put a dispute in or yeah i'm just saying like i think they will this will not be the last of a controversial thing from them. Oh no. Like it happens every six months or something like that. Like yeah. it, that's, that's what they do. Like, that's the reason why I muted them on Twitter and stuff, because I, I just, I can't be, I can't be hassled with how they rile people up on Twitter and stuff. Like it's, that's what they do. Like they, exactly. They'll, they'll find some negative comments or something like that. Like they had a, a she had a, like a, a problem with some commenter made like a thing about like how that how she pronounced something i forgot exactly what it was i think it was mario or something like she's you know because you know they're they're from the uk so it's like they have a different accent and stuff and like i just like i found that somebody linked me the tweet and i just like i was like oh, these people again like so i like i just like retweeted <laughs> it i was like i was like fyi like american english is actually closer to the original english than current you know uk english is right now yeah. like but at the same time though i was like i would never make fun of somebody for saying zx spectrum or something like that you know saying Z instead of z or something or oh, i only say z just to piss them off <laughs> and you I, know I, we I get re- bitched at too with our fucking philly accents because we say mario and everyone's like oh mary oh it's like shut well, the fuck well jim people just have a problem that you sound like squidward that's all <laughs> <laughs> we have like a long elongated a so it's like um yeah i i said near automata and stuff like yeah. that and like people are like it's near automata and i was like near automotive automobile yeah. lamborghini like is that you know? up you fucking <laughs> it's like who- well it, it's it's almost like it's 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 almost cringy and 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 corny at this point that people still like when you're from philly you still say water like that we don't say water like but people will still point it out. It's like, yeah, everyone knows that. Like, Philly says it's stupid. We get it. I don't care. That's how I'm going to say it, you know? Yeah, my cousin's saying you're in a Warsh. different state, and they're going, you want to what? Like, yeah. They're not oh, even trying I, to be oh, dicks I've, about it. I've just don't know what the hell you're times. saying. Yeah, I've had that many times. In, in Iowa, they call bags sacks. 
Sacks. They're like, do you want a sack? And I was like, no, I want a bag. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> or if you go to Minnesota, they go big. Big. <laughs> Last up from Frony Montana. Do you think cross-platform gaming online will be the standard going forward on major home consoles? P.S. Any update on that small-ass 16-bit Sega game I requested three months ago that you grabbed tons of footage from all over the internet? I am playing <coughs> Choking on my rage. I actually started recording footage of it today. When I posted that picture of the retro tank with the Elgato, I was playing Sonic 3 and Knuckles. So I'm working on it. So I can't believe you got a goddamn retro tank. I already had the retro tank 2X, but I was like, the 5X? Yeah. I'll do a little future proofing. Uh, what, what's 300 bucks? Eh, who cares? That was like my last big gaming purchase. So, like, I like I didn't have, like, talking about, you know, going back to game prices, I didn't even do it purposely, but I haven't bought a game on eBay since fucking February, because, like, I'd be like, oh, let me check this game. Nope. Let me check this game. Nope. So, like, you know, I'm priced out, so. Hey, Jim. What? You should have just emulated. Well, it's tough, Dan. <laughs> like, the Sonic the Origins collection sucks with its emulation, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, and uh, I bought this yes. months ago, by the way. So I didn't it's buy Mister. Have you ever heard of it? Come on now. <laughs> oh, this pie. Throw away your games. <laughs> um, yes, I do think. I think the biggest thing that would stop cross-platforming is the pissing contest that is right now. <clears throat> Microsoft and PlayStation, if they're buying up actual developers and they try to make them system exclusives. Even then, though, I don't think they would really cut off. Like, I, I think if it's available on another platform, you're going to see cross-platforming. I think once they were able to figure out the gap between PC and consoles, that kind of opened up the floodgates. So I can't think of a current modern multiplayer online game that isn't cross-platform. So I can't imagine it's not going to continue down that path the only well, there, there's the a only, lot there's a lot of stuff that like playstation won't talk to like xbox and xbox won't talk to like nintendo or something well, i'm saying that's available on the other systems though because right now there isn't any that's on both systems fortnite's call of duties any any game that's on all systems including pc that i can think of i don't think call of duty talks to playstation yet it does, because I play with Mole, and he plays with his friends on PlayStation. Oh, really? Oh, I'll be damned. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's one of those deals where as long as it's on the system, yeah, you're going to have cross-platform. The only one that can't really do it because it's not good enough is Nintendo consoles. Hey, depends on the game. They're... Like Rocket League and Fall Guys, they're cross-platform with everything. Yeah, and that's why, Switch, that's why Switch players always lose on those, because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Jim, it's a fact. They're like, oh, who's this Who's this guy that's like lagging behind everything? <laughs> but yes, My I Rocket do League believe... Rocket League is a little laggy. I'll say that. I believe they really, really... It really, really will be the future. I do like that because that bridges the gap of the bullshit idea of like, I only play on this system. I only do on this. Like, we have friends that have different consoles, and it is nice being able to play with them. So, yeah, I imagine that'll stay going forward unless it's a console exclusive. Yeah, I I don't play online enough to, to have really a horse in the race, to be honest with you. Um, I, you know, I used to play on PC and stuff, and, like, I... I like the way that the crossplay actually like works because like it's it's always been kind of dumb like if if you had to buy have to choose like which console 
to buy and stuff like i made the mistake i bought the xbox one in 2013 instead of the playstation 4 and like nobody had it so you know like i can understand like we had it (laughs) i had the day one edition like the day one edition xbox but like still like it's it's one of those things it's like you should be able to have like at least some preference on like how you want to play your games and like still be able to play like the cross-platform games i mean like unless you're playing against some guy with a keyboard and mouse versus a controller or something like that like then it becomes like unbalanced but like mm-hmm. mm. oh yeah no i don't think cross-platform is balanced at all i think every time in any of those games when you play when you know you're playing a pc person it's it's staggering the difference and that i don't know how you ever correct um if they ever can but i still like the idea of like you know, say you have an Xbox and you are playing a Call of Duty, it just so happens to be played more on PC or PlayStation, then the server won't just go dead. You'll be able to find other players. So I like, because it gives longevity to these games that we see dead servers on so many multiplayer games. Yeah, that's that's one thing, yeah, at least, because nothing sucks like to get into a game and then like it, it just goes dead. I think, like, what, Friday the 13th? uh mm. is notorious mm. for like just shutting down and you know yeah, that like, got hit by the the copyright owners for the franchise too so that was his own can of worms but even something that shit. just like colossally failed like evolve so mm-hmm. you got that too or uh battleborn you know oh we came out the same time as overwatch oops but yeah what do you think chambers yeah i mean i'm all for it i it, it, you know what it is it's anything else money talks so the second everyone realizes that, you know, it'll probably just be in their best interest to let everyone play against each other regardless of platform, and they'll make the most money, you know, milking microtransactions and shit like that in the long run, then have at it. That's when it'll finally happen. So, And I think yeah. we're basically getting there, and if it doesn't happen this generation fully, it'll be the next one. Exactly. Yeah. So, now that, that was a good question. Now. Thank you, bud. Yep. And yeah, that wraps up the questions for this week. So once again, thank you to everyone who is helping out the show over on Patreon. If you're new to the page, please check it out over there. We have exclusive content, bonus podcast episodes, uh, game and movie review requests that we can do, all kinds of stuff. So check us out there. And if you are listening on iTunes or Spotify, please hit that five-star review button. Leave a comment. We'll read any five-star review that you leave us. All right, Chambers. So it is interesting. We were just talking about copyright and cross-platforming and all this and here we have the continual pissing match between microsoft and sony where microsoft is claiming that sony pays a blocking rights to stop certain games from coming on to game pass and this comes to us from gamespot.com but did you read a little bit into this yeah so apparently of all fucking places so according to documents filed with brazil's national competition regulator Microsoft is claiming that Sony has paid blocking rights to developers to prevent their games from being added to Game Pass. And, yeah, as ba- apparently as part of the regular review of uh, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft, the company alleged that Sony had hampered the growth of Game Pass with its business practices. But then it also kind of goes on to be like, this is kind of what always happens. Like, these platforms always pay people to have timed exclusives and exclusivity and shit like that. Yeah. We're looking at like Street Fighter Five, how like Sony helped pay for the development of the game, so that's why that was an exclusive. Same so. thing with No Man's Sky. Like, I mean Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that that's the thing is it, I feel like that's not a new practice. I think what's funny, though, is Sony got some news in the past two weeks about kind of bitching about Microsoft and really going at them about the like, Call of Duty. Like, you can't make that a time exclusive, even though now Microsoft owns the company. They're like, that'll hurt our sales. Da, da, da. Like, they're trying to sue Microsoft from stopping them to do a time exclusive. But that's what PlayStation has always done. And they even did it with call of duty at least early access to betas and things like that even yeah and you get like exclusive maps or yeah so i'm like it's funny that sony's gonna cry about it but still keep doing it to microsoft it just seems it just seems odd it's a strategy like i mean that's 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 what all boils down to it's 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 business like Mm -hmm. you like that's kind of the the one problem about people treating corporations like people and stuff it's like it it all just boils down to money um Mm -hmm. you know they know that like you know specifically like certain exclusives that primary go on their platform will hurt their business and but at the same time though it's like i feel that at the end of the day it doesn't really matter like maybe it just hurts your quarterly reports and stuff but like at the end of the day like it all it levels out yeah yeah it's just funny the level of like pettiness that this like pissing match is going to where they're like following these like actual like legal claims and shit like that against standard business practice (laughs) well i mean that's kind of the thing it's like that's 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 one of the things that you just have to do like i mean that's that's ultimately like i i i work in a, a regulatory industry and stuff where everything is outlined and everything and and redlined and you if you don't speak up in court and stuff then it sets a precedent and all this other stuff becomes all this stuff it's it's really you know same thing with the fair use stuff it's like if you don't if you don't really fight it and stuff eventually it just becomes harder and harder over time to do it and you know like the lawyers at sony need to get paid sometimes so like they need to make sure that they you know their retainer uh is worth the price so you know like they come in and just <laughs> just be Why like, I'm not paying more attention in college. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, like that—that's ultimately like the the problem with it. It's I, at the end of the day, it's just business, and like I think, um, you know, Sony makes kind of a good point about Game Pass. Like, you can tell, like, based off their premium uh, subscription model and stuff, they don't really like the all you can eat um style that microsoft is offering and stuff and it's very clear that like the reason why microsoft is doing this is because they want to uh get more market share um you know based off of the announcement that you know the xbox one sold half of the playstation 4 so you know like sony's speaking up on that like i think they know that this game pass thing is probably eating into their sales for sure yeah thousand percent like I said, it, it's something that's not new. We're going to see it time and time again. But it's always interesting to hear about it. Like, kind of now we know for sure that they're straight up paying to try to block some stuff. Which, once again, it's it's not shocking. It works for the developers. I know a handful of, like, indie devs and stuff. And, like, it's hard work to get your game actually, like, noticed by these big guys. Um, you know, back in the day, like, it used to cost indie game studios a hundred thousand dollars to publish their games on xbox 360 um you know back in the day you needed deep pockets for it and now like 
because of you know the wave of like ouya and like all these other like um you know the popularity of steam and everything about like indie games like indie you know like sony and these companies are starting to take notice yeah yeah i mean even back in the day like uh we had Celion from yacht club games you know shovel knight like they were xbox was the only one that didn't get a physical copy of shovel knight back in the early uh xbox one days because their indie you know deals were just so ridiculous until they're random like you know oh we're having our indie showcase blah 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 stuff but yeah, yeah i mean i i friends with some of the people who work on young horses because they're um the people behind octodad and bug snacks um oh, nice so like you know it was really awesome for us to see them on the stage like on sony's stage to you know showcase octodad um you know because sony like actually put in the effort to have those guys on there so you know it's it's competition makes it great for everybody else and stuff and so like i think that it's really good that like game pass is actually causing sony to actually pay attention and like work to pay more on like you know these games to not be on game pass because it means that more developers like they get more attention and they get more money and stuff and you know it it breaks up the the dominance of ea and activision and all these other big studios that you know work their uh, developers to the bone with crunch and stuff and now you know these passion projects can start to come up again instead of like what's just like the flavor of the what's what fifa microtransaction uh mechanics mm-hmm. are going to work this year or something like that you know right and you never know like you could buy that one little indie company you could buy the next fucking mojang that just makes the next minecraft basically oh yeah five nights at freddy's and you never see it coming so mm-hmm. you never know yeah yeah no but we'll keep we'll keep tracking this i mean like you said it won't be the last time but it it, like, it was an interesting article that Chambers put there. And Brian, speaking of publishing independent games, Ooh, and going back to next content. Yep. <laughs> so uh, a tweet sent out by Super Rare Games. It, it's basically their response, and it's two pictures, full text apology. I'll call it. Of the Wait, can longer. I just say real quick? I'm fucking sick of the Notepad apology just posted to social media. <laughs> I know it's it's very lazy. Um, but it's, they're, they're basically discussing the re-release of Mutant Muds under limited run, because that's coming out. <clears throat> now, when I first read this, I said, like you said, Jim, on the tweet, like, oh, I guess people are really bitching about this. Um, and I already did notice collectors some people, are bitching about well, collectors are bitching about it, but going back to our discussion about limited run to begin with on next stuff. My whole thing is, Super Rare Games, it's not their fault that the developer can, in theory, go to other companies after the fact. I don't know if there is such a thing as a lifetime exclusivity contract. Maybe there is. Maybe they broke it. I don't know. But it's weird that, like, Limited Run, for all the problems they have, it's not like they're trying to say that this is the only time and exclusive you're ever going to get this whereas i feel like that's what super rare kind of is trying to say no limited run they kind of they kind of said that for the longest time but not anymore as much but there was a while it was just kind of implied where it's like oh you better get it here because it's never going to be anywhere else and that's what one of the people (laughs) i love one of the guys he's like so you were just lying in the past when you said you 
you had exclusive rights. And they are like, you know, responding to him directly. He, they're like, only two out of our 73 games have ever re-released in five years. I'm like, one, it's always weird to just respond to anyone on Twitter. I, as we were talking about, like with the limited run responses, but I don't look at this as a super rare games issue if you're a collector and you're mad and by the way what the fuck is mutant mugs i looked it up i'm like someone's really this upset about that like that's this fucking made in paint game like what are we talking about here yeah it's like an rpg maker game i believe like i don't yeah it too much about it but like muds like are like some it's like a old dungeons and dragons type thing Uh, like it's it's like some D D uh thing that used to be but like uh, that's the one thing about these games is that like i think super rare's mistake is that they implied that it would always be exclusive always be yeah yeah. um whereas like limited run they covered their asses a long time ago um when they said specifically they're like this specific version this artwork this collector's edition you know whatever slip cover is exclusive to limited run uh the exclusivity ends when our publishing finishes like they might have like a deal where you can't go to another manufacturer for a year or six months or whatever it is but they are perfectly cool with the developer saying like like, hey we want to like we finally got enough money from the limited run release like it it was really popular um you know people missed out on it they're spending 250 dollars or something stupid on this game it's going to be worth it for us to double dip and like back in and like find another publisher to reprint it hey nick (laughs) that's so stupid jim that's so stupid. But get, but no, here here's the deal. I, I, for anyone on the audio version, I just held up Streets of Rage for the original <laughs> limited run version, which after that, like five other companies released their versions. Like literally like the, version, the better versions, Jim. Two weeks. They are better Not versions. Even, I got we got fucked. This goddamn clamshell no, doesn't even met the style of the other clamshells. You, you got fucked because you were stupid enough to get it. After you had two different online versions already like that was so stupid for you Look, to Brian, get. I love that. me my game. I love me my game. But it I doesn't matter. Them. You knew better. You knew better. That's the I, thing. I, if look, you were I knew a buying new it was guy, a waste. I already spent forty bucks over two consoles buying it, and that's I bought it a third time. And if I wasn't drunk and hit the wrong button, I would have bought it a fourth time to get a headband. But, but luckily that didn't go through. So. <laughs> and Jim, the other important part of that is, how was I still better than you at that game when you have three versions of it? It's amazing. <laughs> but I'm not that's... a good night of player. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no. But to next point. So that is one thing, though, that Super Rare is trying to say now. They're like, hey, we're telling you of our version, and they have like a numbering system, like Super Rare number 32. There's only 4,000 copies that have ever been made. So our version, that's it. We have never produced another one. So that version of the game is, that's it for sure. But yeah, like I don't know if they went above and beyond what was that uh, tweet you sent me that was interesting? Where like they're like trying to fight back and be like, "Well, yeah, I mean, it's only what was it?" Sorry. Well, the thing that I showed you was the <laughs> the guy was like upset because they didn't mention that in the first place. Like they didn't kind of like clarify it. 
that's the one thing that I sent you. Like, that's kind of the thing, too, is like what, you know, I got a yeah, lot of people were defending Super Rare instead of being like, oh, he's kind of right. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is like the worst take ever. Like, how could people cry so much about it and stuff? And it's like, that's the kind of thing that I got on my limited run video. Like, you know, there were tons of people being like, why are you even crying about this? This is even a, an issue. Like, why? Who cares? Like. As long as it, you know, like they're okay with like as long as it comes with a game or something like that, you know, apparently the company can do no wrong. You can't criticize a company just because you support them and stuff like I'm sure I'm sure our buddy PK in universe is happy to be waiting about 575 days. He's still waiting. He's so upset. Like he came over to my house the other like a couple of weeks ago and I showed him the vinyl. So like He's like, man, this is a good vinyl. What do you like to have this? God, like he's so mad about that. But like so like but that's. I don't know. Like that's ultimately the thing is like, I the limit super rare. Like I think most of these like limited run print companies and stuff, you can tell that they're not necessarily run by savvy business people who know how to cover their butts uh, yeah. down the line. They're not really thinking too far ahead and stuff. And like, I'm pretty sure that they meant well when it came down to like, what is an exclusive thing? But like, honestly, if you're if you're buying a game just because it's super rare like what are you doing man like i, I don't know you're like, taking a risk anyway so if it doesn't work out then that's on you yeah, yeah and i'm pretty sure like those people were pissed about like the the wrath of the bird king or something like that you know like <laughs> it's that. just like oh because you know like early, in the early days limited run like they mentioned too they're like if a game doesn't sell out within the first two days and stuff like that we get like tons and tons of emails looking to cancel it because it's not going to be as rare as it as it could be and stuff. So there's a whole market, a subset that supports solely these limited print gum companies on the whole thing that these games are rare. And it's like, that's a gamble. Like if you want to take it, but I mean, these, it's not like Nintendo switch cartridges aren't being unproduced anymore. Like with the Vita, yeah. like, you know, right. Vita games and stuff like you could absolutely, say that there's never going to be another re-release of super meat boy ever again so like if you have a copy of that for the vita then you're going to be rolling in deep because like i think there was only there weren't a lot of that. those i tried sold that so sold fast. out instantly yep yeah mm. no but i i'd like that like you said more for <clears throat> having nick on here i saw that one and i went that's just silly yeah i but, mean it also yeah like i said before it's like it shows kind of like who's buying this thing, you know, because it's like these aren't gamers that are buying this stuff. They're they're strictly collectors like they want it because it's rare. It's a super, you know, it's a foil release of a comic book or something like that. You know, it's yep. it, it doesn't matter to them, you know, like they're upset. But like at the same time, though, it's like. You still have the variant like it's mm -hmm. still a rare variant, like it's not going to. Yeah. Like, if somebody like you said the five screw the the misprinted label like if you want to say you have one of the super rare games number whatever release okay make it its own little niche you know? yeah i mean if you want a complete set of super rares and stuff like somebody is definitely gonna like come along who got into it late and is probably gonna look for a copy of mutant muds but they only want the super rare version yeah. they don't want the limited run version because as prefaced by my video like not a lot of people are very happy with limited run at the point and if they could buy <laughs> somewhere else they will 
So, like, well, even like, what do you call it? Like, fucking half the time anymore, like a limited run release if it's big enough. Like, Shredder's Revenge, perfect example. Like, it came out on limited run. I think the UK version, one of those other, like, you know, knockoff limited runs. Play Asia had a version. Something else had a version. Like, a lot of these are coming out in like four different limited run style things right out of the bat anyway. Yeah, so they're all variants. You're just now. picking what like plastic bullshit you get sent with it at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you want to be like Jim and just get a copy for every version of like a game, like he's trying to do a river raid. One, I finished that. <laughs> but I'm and just two, saying, I have no two. But I'm saying like it, that. This is another example why it could be valuable. It doesn't decrease the value fully, but. It's just, you know, collector mentality on certain things always, it always amazes me. There's nothing practical about it. It's never practical. It's just a thing. It's like, I want it. Let me have the thing. I have the thing. I'm going to buy the thing. Let me have the thing. (laughs) (laughs) But Jim, I mean, speaking of just terrible ideas and things that I couldn't believe this. And I think we're kind of, kind of new to it since it did come out. The article came out yesterday, but it's. The news is, was really released yesterday of the the NFL Blitz Arcade 1-Up. Uh, it's coming back. And to many people like myself, I'm like, oh, that's an awesome game. All but, three versions. But it's coming back with uh, w- with some edits to it, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, so the NFL's kind of sort of had a little bit of a controversy with people having severe brain trauma and... Being invalids and killing themselves from CTE damage, you know, blah, 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 blah. you know, sued for billions upon dollars and having movies made about it. So basically, Blitz's whole thing was Blitz came from that, for anyone who doesn't know, that beautiful era from the late 90s through the early aughts where you just had these over the top action sports arcade games like mm-hmm. Blitz, NFL Hits, MLB The Bigs. Uh, I know NBA had a version, I can't remember which. Like, Street wasn't like as over the top, that was just more like. You know, street-centered, but they had their own version. So, we're like, you know, over-the-top action, you know, the baseball game, you could put up, like, 20 home runs and hit a 800-foot home run, shit like that. Or in Blitz, how after a play would end, you could just beat the fucking piss out of someone for a good, like, 15 seconds after the fact and suplex them and leg drop them and shit until the next play happened. Goofy fun. Well, you can't do that on these versions. Because the NFL specifically said, if you want to publish these games... You're going to have to make some edits. Here's the NFL deal. that used to sell greatest hits videos of NFL's greatest cracks and bone breaks and shit like that. But I feel like you can still see those. Like, I, I, I swear if you're going ESPN, you can still catch them and, and this and that. My whole thing is that everything you just said is true. The game is fun, but the over-the-top, goofy, arcade-style violence just like you saw in NHL hits and all the other ones, that's part of selling it. That'd be like, okay, we're going to re-release Road Rash, but you can't actually hit anyone off the bike because that's too violent. Or, you, you know, it's like you take the fun factor out of the game. It just is like with everything else that's being overly, overtly edited. I'm like, really? Like, are they afraid someone's going to now, like, what do they think is actually going to happen? Oh no, they're swiping any hard hits from the record. Like that's my point. They're taking. Well, I thought it, it was just like late game. hits. Like it's just late hits. Like after the fact. Like you can still smash somebody to tackle them. Some of the over the top hits are being taken out as well. But so yeah, it's like, late yeah, hits mid-play. and just mid play. Yeah. Like 
the crazy over the top crazy camera angle would be shifting as you do it like they're just taking it all like to make it less violent and i'm like well that's the point of the game that's like now if wwe released wrestling games are like we're not going to show you the pile driver we're going to insinuate like you can't i don't know yeah i mean like i agree like it it really just takes away the spirit of what the game was and stuff and like that's yeah. that's ultimately like the problem with these licenses and all this other game preservation and like when you consider it at the same time like it's 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 kind of the same thing almost like with you know cartoons being released and editing out the cigarettes and stuff you know like is it really that thing or is it just making you try to feel better and stuff and i think like you know nfl is really in a in a hard spot with their violence and everything like that like they're you know like the helmet to helmet contacts and all this other stuff they're getting sued for ctes and all this other stuff so like i can kind of understand it but at the same time it's like do you really want the game because it's like it's a watered down now like is it worth the 600 dollars? i guess for no. you like if it's yeah. not going to be the same i mean that's the thing is like but you can pay 80 bucks to have a stool <laughs> but that that's the silliness of it is if I want to replay a game that I enjoyed from my past and I'm going to put out that kind of money, I want the full version that at, at a minimum, like give me whatever as close to it. It's not the full arcade cabinet, but give me the actual game. That's really silly. I'd be yeah. more okay if it was like Mortal Kombat on a Super NES where, or, or, or Mortal Kombat, like the Sega Genesis, where there's at least a code you can put in to be like the mature version. If they wanted to edit it that way, I'd be more like, that's stupid, but fine. It's still there. To remove it completely, now you're like, well, that's just, are you going to backtrack in every Call of Duty release? Be like, they're throwing rubber duckies at each other, not guns. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and like that's that's ultimately the thing, you know, it's like why even release it at all mm-hmm. at that point. Um, you know, but at the same time like that's it's like I mean, the one thing that I can at least commend Arcade One Up for doing is like making sure that people knew that it was watered down before selling it. Um yeah, that's definitely. You know, like that's one of the thing that's the main thing that I I really hit limited run on was because they just, you know, like the comment that we got for the Scott Pilgrim thing, not having the full content and stuff like people like, well, everybody knew that it wasn't going to be on the disc. They required all this. I was like, I didn't know. Like, you know, (laughs) that's fuck you. I had to wait a year and a half for my goddamn copy of Celeste because they kept adding the DLC on there, which I appreciate, but I had three games with it. I lost interest in by the time it came. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, I mean, like a reasonable person, like if they didn't disclose it and stuff, like if they said like it's an NFL blitz cabinet, like it's going to pre-order and everything like that. And you remember what NFL blitz was. You'd be forgiven if like you assumed that it was going to be on there and like if if it came back and it was like super like watered down you'd be pretty pissed off like mm-hmm. i'd be pretty pissed off if i spent six hundred dollars on it and it was not the game that i thought it was like i'd be really upset so i mean ultimately at, at the end of the day though like people are gonna hack it they're gonna put the original version it, on yeah. it like it's it's not yeah. like the i think these things are fairly easy to to hack right and so like oh, yeah. somebody's gonna 
somebody's going to put the original version on it and stuff and they're you know eventually like that's that's going to what's going to bring people to it anyway the people who are on the fence who are miffed about it like as soon as somebody puts in you know the actual or like i i bet you anything like i'll you know i'll bet you a coke or something like <laughs> that somebody's gonna dump the code and they're gonna realize that it was tweaked just a little bit and it could be re restored mm-hmm. like on the rom like i i i cannot imagine that like enough they probably code. Did do it as lazily as possible yeah, yeah i can't imagine like the code is worked from the ground up i think that they probably have like uh like a dip switch or something like that that they used to do in the thing that they could tone down the violence or something like that yeah i i hope i you know what i'd be more okay if that if that is the case and it is very simple for the common dum-dum like me to that would be like oh i just need to do this one thing and get the real version okay but but also i feel like arcade one-ups their flashpoint has already happened like I feel like their popularity is waning down significantly. And other than goofy collectors, which is what I feel like we've been talking about the most, um, the casual person, like you got some of the biggest titles out there already and they sold decently, but they weren't like, Oh my God. And blitz is not going to be an, Oh my God, especially since everyone's like saying like, it's a pussified version of it. So you probably you just did what, anything. You just you know, hurt your sales. Here's the thing, though. Like, Blitz is something that'll hit a way more casual market, and the people who are going to buy it who are more casual, they're not going to know that it's watered down either. Well, if they have no nostalgia. No, I mean not until they buy it and get it home. And shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So get those second yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and that's kind of thing. I, I <gasps> I've been interested in those arcade one ups. So, you know, I was like. Mm. I really want that Mortal Kombat one, but I just don't have the room or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, they're pretty cool. But like, yeah, they've gotten more expensive over the time, too. Like, it's yes, it's I don't know. Like, eventually, like Simpsons was like, what, 700, 800 when it came out? Yeah, that's, like that? that's that's ridiculous, especially since it's like MDF, Ikea wood, you know, <laughs> flat packed and everything like I you know, you're paying more for the license than anything else. Cause like, I think oh, yeah. at the time, like, you know, these aren't PCBs, like they're, they're computers that run an emulated version of it. Like you're, you're not, you're paying for like the little aesthetic of it. Yeah. Well, um, you're paying the ease. It's just like all the mini consoles. Like anyone that bought those, it was just, Oh, the ease of having these 30, 20, whatever games on it. Okay. Yes, and then the other other people be like, you could just have a pie and have every game from everything, and you could. Not the point. <laughs> yeah, I I looked at because that's the thing is like I you know recently I've been doing the pie stuff and Mister and all this other stuff and like the Raspberry Pi was it's garbage. Like I don't I don't know understand like why anybody would want this over like an NES classic like. The UI sucks. Like, yeah, my buddies have had pies, and I'm just like, man, this is terrible to navigate. And bro. it's not very sharp either. It's not as sharp as it could be. Um, but yeah, more to the point though, it's like I these, you know, like we're kind of like a weird subsect of gamers, right? We're we're in the minority of it. Like, you know, I know a handful of people that 
never play video games before and they have a game room and they have four or five of these little arcade one-ups because that's fun to have in their game room because mm-hmm. they remember pac-man they want thing they don't care like yep. that's right. the thing is like somebody they're not, not going to put the sandlot parts in there and shit like that or no not. It, and like, like, they just want to have their thing to play yeah and they're going to buy nfl blitz and they're going to play it and stuff and they're not going to notice that the late hits or anything like that they think it's a cool football arcade game like <laughs> I like football, you know, like nachos. Yeah, like, I like, like nachos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, someone buying it, someone buying it at Big Lots isn't going to be like, oh, this isn't exactly arcade accurate. Oh, NFL, that would be great in my Chiefs room or something like, you know, like my NFL themed yeah. room and stuff like that. That'd be great in there. Right, exactly. Yeah, I would, <clears throat> I, I'll be curious. I, I still think it goes as the worst selling arcade one up. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing. I, I don't know. Like some of these arcade one ups, like they're like each one has like almost diminishing returns and mm-hmm. also on top of that like they're some of them are actually like just hard to find like you can't like they don't go on sometimes they go on clearance they used to go on clearance they were only like sometimes they'd be marked down to like a hundred dollars for like the galaga one or something or yeah the gen ones you could get for like 50 to 75 if you're like looking at walmart the right day mm-hmm. yeah and nowadays like it you know they only sell enough for people to buy them and then that's it yep. like i don't think you can really find the simpsons one around or something like because they walmart I've like temporary stores walmart temporarily marked them down to like 300 or something like that mm-hmm. and then they sold out and no more yeah. all right chambers and nick so for our final topic we have yet another tweet, and it does tie into the conversation of nostalgia. And <clears throat> Jim, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, speak about it. Yes. So good old Rich Muscucci, good old Review Tech USA. So this is a guy. If you don't know him, he's been around for fucking ever. He's been around for a good, you know, 10, 12, 15 years on YouTube. He started off, as his name suggests, reviewing tech. And as time went on, he started to do, like, daily news, and then he went to the drama sphere. And he's, like, one of those, you know, kind of daily, every other day uploaders at this point, does streams all every day, shit like that. And he's a bit of a hothead, and he's a very opinionated guy, for better or for worse. So, I mean, personally, I kind of fell off with his content a couple years ago, but whatever. Yeah, but, same. Yeah, so uh, he put out a tweet today, uh, or, well, yesterday, uh, on the 15th, saying, I love when people talk about how much quote-unquote nostalgia retro consoles like the super nes and nes brought them quote-unquote growing up and these motherfuckers weren't even born until the year 2000 you weren't even a sperm cell in your dad's sack when i was paying gyromite sit down here's my question not i mean i know of review tech yeah but not knowing this guy does he get drunk or smoke weed a lot i don't think so he's just like He's just like, boisterous. Like, I was going to say, is, is this tweet on brand? Or is oh, this... extremely. Extremely okay. on brand. Yeah. He's taking a play out of the uh, top hat. And <laughs> oh, that's actually playbook. what I thought. Oh, yeah. Right? He's, he's been a shit story his entire time, <clears throat> like, once he started, like, going off. And, I mean, like, he did the grind. He's had a million subs now on YouTube. Like, you know, he made it his job and all that shit. So he did eventually have a follow-up tweet where he said, by the way, so he didn't kind of backtrack maybe as uh izzy nobre he did a good response video where he's like well he kind of moved the goalposts here 
saying, by the way, being handed an old console is not the same as growing up in the era when the console was relevant. It's not the same experiment experience. It doesn't compare. <coughs> okay, so here's my question. Do we believe he actually feels this way, or did he just try to craft a trolling kind of shit post? Both. It, it's yeah, it's a little bit of both, but he's like he's sometimes dips into the rage well from time to time like he's yeah he, when he's there's uh, a meme when, when he's a little bored or he wants a little attention he'll do shit like this yeah there's a meme on his channel and stuff like anytime that he has a comment about a topic like somebody will comment be like rich tomorrow uh i was totally a 180 of what i just said let's get into it so <laughs> like he he like his content specifically feeds into whatever the viewer is feeling that way. So mm. he'll kind of like, he'll tell you what you want to hear. And like, he'll do. And, and like you said, he'll do a response video a day or two later with the exact opposite thing to either appease and or piss off the person who watched the video beforehand. So, yeah. so he'll basically make one video one day, be like, this is why whatever super Mario Brothers sucks. And then a few days later, be like, but this is why this is the best game ever. Or he'll be like, oh, I was totally wrong about why Super Mario Brothers sucks. Mm. Like, here's yeah, why like it's he, actually like he, good. He, like, he famously <laughs> bashed a Switch, which a lot of people did before it came out, going, this will never work. This will be a complete flop, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually made, like, you know, five, all right, I was wrong about the Switch videos, shit like that. Yeah. Same thing with the Amico, too. Like, he was, like, gung-ho on the Amico. And then when it was unpopular... <laughs> Like oh, he was a big defender it. of it at first, and he had yeah. the inter- he had the softball interview with Tommy Tallarico, and then yeah, and then now got, he's got like, oh, well, Danny everybody hates punk. it. Yeah. yeah, as soon as Ars Technica and the E3 mode changed and stuff, and it was very apparent that it was unpopular, he just jumped on that train. So he's I would not take his opinion seriously. Um, he's yeah. got a hardcore fan base too. I, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like he's. You know, it took him forever to make that million subs and stuff. But like oh, yeah. it um, he's, you know, like when he started really picking up again, like he just slowly it took him like years to go from 800,000 to a million. Mm-hmm. Um, but more to the point, though, like it, it's his specific tweet, though, like it's clearly. Yeah, he was taking the piss out of it, but like. It was also, old man yells at cloud, like that a lot of people said. Like, well, yeah, because like what he's he's forty one. He's two years older than me. Wait, he's only forty one. Yeah, he's only forty one. So he like, looks like shit. Oh, <laughs> like it's, just, I mean, I, not I, that I, I'm not that I'm the you know pristine picture of health or anything like that. But <laughs> damn. But I mean, so like that's all the like the way that he perceived it was like you can't say that you're nostalgic for the NES if you were born in two, like after 2000 and it's like, no, you can be nostalgic for anything yeah. that you grew up with. Um, like I listened to 1950s songs and Motown and stuff, you know, well before my time, I love those songs. Mm-hmm. I'll go back and listen to them still today. And it brings me back to like a comfort of like riding in the car with my mom, who's no longer with us. But also it's like, did we not grow up with the Jetsons and Flintstones and Adam yeah. West, Batman, like yeah. all stuff that came before us? Dude, like all Cartoon Network had for years was Tex Avery reruns and shit like that before. Yeah, Looney Tunes and stuff like we love Bugs Bunny and Bugs Bunny's been around since the 30s. Like, yeah, that's kind of the thing is like you. I to his 
to his point that he was trying to make was yes you cannot go back to a time where the nes was the top of the line state-of-the-art product you'll never be able to go back to that Can't experience can, it yeah yeah you can go try to make like a pioneer town where it's an 80s room that's exactly the right thing but it'll always be something that's like a caricature it's like all the best from that era to do it it's not exactly like that time and stuff like you cannot go and dial it in to like this is what a room was like in 1988 and only anything from 1988 you can't yeah can't do it it's like when you go to pioneer town you know you see somebody churn butter or something like that you're mm-hmm. like oh that's neat and then you like look at your cell phone you take a picture of it you know like yeah, exactly yeah. you can't appreciate there if i was playing devil's advocate for him I would say instead of saying you can't have nostalgia, like you can't understand the experience. <laughs> That's like anyone uh, as we've talked about being game reviewers and we try our best to be unbiased and looking back at old games, but I'm sorry, anyone today, even us looking back on Atari games, even if you played it as a kid, you can't appreciate the very first generation that that was the first thing they saw to them. That was groundbreaking. And you know, for us here, probably the first real system of our generation was NES. So, yeah, you can't have that same experience. But, yeah, of course you can be nostalgic for whatever you had when you were a kid. But, yeah, the experience, living through it. It's like nowadays on Netflix when they have that uh, The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. Like growing up in the 90s, you we know how big Michael Jordan was. Kids after that. They know his name and they can watch a documentary, but yeah, he was pretty good. Like you can't appreciate just how big he actually was in the nineties unless you lived through that. Yeah. And like living in Chicago at that time, like I was, I was like pumped when I saw that. I was like, Oh man, I remember like being so excited, like the electricity that was in there. Like you can't, you can't recreate that. Like, and Mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing too, is like, even to like that point about like Atari and stuff, like my dad had an Intellivision and I still have it. But even then as a kid, like you couldn't like when you had the NES right next to the Intellivision, there's nothing you, you can't compare like, You'd be like, okay, that is cool. Uh, Back to my NES or something like that. You can't, and like even now today, like you can't force your kid to play NES when there's a PlayStation 5 out there. You know, Mm -hmm. like you can't send your kid to school. Like I'm pretty sure you'd be like, um, you know, taken away because like of child abuse because (laughs) you don't let your kid play what all the other kids are playing on the playground, you know, like there's a social aspect to it too like there's yeah you know back in the day like it's like oh did you get an nes for christmas and stuff it's like yeah i got a sega genesis or something like that whoa like you know like i got a super nintendo you know like you can't recreate that so like yeah to that point i understand but like you can't you could still have nostalgia for stuff that you grew up with as a kid you know like maybe you shared that experience with your dad who like brought out his old nes or something like that to play with the kids and so if you remember you know playing with your dad or something like that you know like that's a memory that will never go away and you can't take that away from him but yeah like specifically in that time frame like i have an apple 2e like that i bought (laughs) and that brings me back from when i had one in kindergarten you know because like that's you know dating myself like how old i was 
like that's what we had like and that computer specifically is from before my time like it's i think this one's made in 1983 or something like that that's when i was born but i didn't get to experience it until like 1988 1989 but i still remember playing oregon trail and read a rabbit and all these other games on it so when i go back to get an apple 2e and you hear the beep and like the grinding of the floppy disk drives and stuff you know like all that like unlocks the memories that you had as a kid and like that's what nostalgia is like nostalgia like the piece of hardware and stuff i don't have the exact apple 2e that i grew up with you know i don't have the same exact super nintendo or anything like that like i still have my original nintendo 64 gamecube and game gear and sega cd and stuff but that's not what i'm nostalgic for i'm nostalgic for the time and the The memories memories that i built when i had those things you know yeah same here like i have a nostalgia for the atari because when my parents saw that i liked playing my brother's genesis they brought the atari down from the fucking attic so in 1990 you know three i'm playing frogs and flies with my dad from you know 1970 so you know it's the same exact kind of deal like i think like i think we all kind of get what rich was going at but rich had to do it in his typical rich way as like you know inflammatory as possible so yeah i mean like he, he'll he enjoy his impressions and stuff like that that he gets and like the new people that come to his channel that look at it and be like oh well you know i kind of agree with them and stuff you know like that's you know unfortunately like that that's how you have to play things you know in you know uh controversy sells um so you have to like constantly generate the con and like with retro games it's like shooting fish in a barrel because like i I did it one time. Like I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, um, cause like you see all these like people on Twitter being like, Oh, was Link to the past actually really good. Uh, you know, like is, you know, like, Oh, and they make controversy about like wh- what's better, like Ocarina time or twilight princess or wind waker, you know, like all the other controversy things like who, ca- you know, like at the end of the day, who cares? But like, I posted a thing. I like held up a copy of earthbound and I was like, I found this at $1 uh, for a dollar at a garage sale is it any good like i've never <laughs> heard of this game and people are like oh my god it's the greatest and like some people were like you found that at a dollar at a garage sale and like and it was a tuesday also they're like <laughs> it's a tuesday i was like hey listen like in chicago like we have these things called garage sale tuesdays and like, that's how we find it. you know like it's clear that i was trolling but like that's that's what garners you know like those pick one you know four screenshots or one has to go or something like that you know yeah like unfortunately that's the kind of engagement that drives people to your twitter and you need to do that if you actually want to grow your following yeah yeah i mean it's it's shit posting it's trolling whatever you want to call it the lack of sincerity in most people is just driven because they know they can get just as many views and guess what even if you hate these people giving them the views and the interactions helps them so he knows what he's doing he's oh yeah yeah like yeah. i he was like you know what i'm just gonna piss off the retro gamers today and get all their fucking attention <clears throat> yeah, and he just but shuts off notifications for his thing and he just does whatever the hell he does you know for the rest of the day you know it's like exactly. you know like who it's cares? easy to just hit mute conversation and just sit back Man, that's all you gotta do yeah out of sight out of mind like yeah he doesn't care but like that i was gonna like consider making a video but i was like you know what that's what he wants like i don't mm-hmm. 
you know, and <laughs> at the same time, it's like, I is have it to really see some... this and comment and interact and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 I was like, and that's the thing too. It's like, I rarely interact with them in the first place. Like I used to watch them for a little bit, but it's like, it's so infuriating sometimes to watch them. Which is funny. Cause he just had like one of the, he just had his like bi-yearly, like I'm done doing videos on YouTube. Guaranteed, if this takes off enough, he'll make a fucking video on it. Oh, it, that's that's the yeah. Everybody quits YouTube every yeah, they, every six YouTube, months. They're quitting Twitter. Like, shut up. Just, <laughs> you're, not, you're not quitting shit. Yeah, so shut many up. people are like, oh, this is so clickbait. I was like, man, you should watch Scotty Kilmer on uh, on YouTube. Like, <laughs> that guy's the king of clickbait. Like, mm-hmm. he he did one where he he constantly like takes the whatever search trends and stuff like that and like he plays into it he's like i'm so upset at this right now or he'll put a thumbnail that says buy like like he's quitting or something like that <laughs> and then the one time he put like he's like scotty Pil- kilmer r.i.p and stuff like that and you're like holy shit he died and he's like he's like no i didn't die like some people were asking me blah blah you know like his total clickbait <laughs> i was like oh, yeah, some people are shameless. <laughs> i i actually kind of respect it when you're like so ridiculously over the top shamelessly clickbait that it's just like i can't be this mad at it like fuck. i fell for it i was like so i mean like it works you know that's i, I that's kind of like annoying about people like when to be they that complain shameless, about clickbait. it's like clickbait. i kind of respect it i gotta respect it he, he he's got like over three million subscribers and stuff like that like he's he's just like he can't like he's just a mechanic who talks about cars and stuff and like he constantly talks about like how tesla's gonna like go under any day now and stuff every video is like nobody's oh, telling dude, you the truth about right tesla so i guess to. i'll have to do it like you know like i'm like man you've done this video like four times in a row like what the hell <laughs> yeah because the elon stands are fishing a barrel too so oh yeah that. i mean yeah and so like he doesn't care but like that's that's how you get ahead in youtube like that's that's what do you do like you make a controversial video and you get people going and stuff like you know that limited run video man it it pissed people off because they didn't even watch it like they they all discussed it on their on their limited run discord and stuff and i got literally like every day was a five or six different comments but it was all the same topic all the same talking points Mm -hmm. and so i was like okay like this is odd like (laughs) you're talking about the exact same thing in the same function and stuff like that so like what's going on here (laughs) You see, they're actually doing a service. Blah 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 blah. It's like uh, okay, you can't you these. can't blame you you can't blame limited run. You have to blame Ubisoft and uh, and Bethesda. I was like, well, <laughs> limited runs putting their name on this thing, and they're like, how dare you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're just an adult with toys behind you. I was like, okay, well, you're standing you're, for a, a video game company, so let's sit you're down, please. Probably also mm-hmm. an adult adult with toys behind you. So. <laughs> Next, speaking of videos, once again, we want to truly, truly thank you for coming on with us. And where get the shout out once again, where can everyone find you? Where do you want them to subscribe and hit you up? Well, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, it's um, Super Nintendo. Uh, it's YouTube.com slash Super Nintendo. Um, and then I'm um, going to make sure that it is right because it's been a while since I've been. I believe it is Super Nintendo. Um, We're going to have the links below uh, for all the absolutely. descriptions, too. So Yeah, Glad but it is. Um, yeah, it's YouTube.com slash Super Nintendo. And then um, and and yeah, you can follow me on Twitter uh, for my regular shit, shit posts and stuff and uh, <laughs> hot takes. Uh, it's Nick Tendo. 
and you can follow me on Instagram too. I don't really go on Instagram too much because Meta they suppress my post because I don't pay them to promote it. So. Nick, I just want to see a crying video of you holding your misters and all that and all your stuff and just crying in front of the camera. I, I thought <laughs> I thought that I would like make like a video about like how I I thought about like some clickbait or something like that. Oh, like, dude, oh. One, one more one more Atari VCS video with you crying going, I was robbed put up there. <laughs> oh, God, or, I couldn't or, do or that. Why this like is the most fate. underrated video, video game console of all time. <laughs> Let the hate flow. I, I did. I did the one where like it was on sale at GameStop for 100 bucks. So I bought an extra one. <laughs> Um, and I was like, did GameStop kill the Atari VCS? <laughs> <laughs> but no, we really appreciate you coming on, bud. Uh, thank you. And, and to everyone who's watching, please make sure hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, hit the notification so you can get notified when we release new videos. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, hit subscribe. If you leave us a five-star rating, even if you want to bash us, we will read the reviews on this podcast. With that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers, guys. Cheers, all.